So um, when uh, Sarah and Dana rudely, by the way, let us know that they wouldn't be here. Rudely. Rudely. Oh, shoot. That's right. Dana's editing this, isn't she? Yeah, she is. Uh, She's going to cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) They left us with a couple of questions that I thought would be neat to go to go through. Let's do it. And if you've got anything else, you just let me know. Okay. But um, Sarah had, um, we'll start with this one. And this kind of goes into, uh, we'll tie this into, as we record this, um, we're about uh, just a couple days away from the middle school mission trip heading out to Chicago. That's right. Chi-town. Yeah. So the question They're is... They're going to go to a Cubbies game. Are they? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. That's sweet. My very first mission trip that I went on with Pastor Andrea Paulson from Holly Lutheran, yep. we went to uh, a Cubs game, Wrigley Field. They were remodeling it nice. at the time. So it'd be nice to see it now. But what I always... Have you ever been there? No, I've never been. Well, that's not true. I've been there, just not in the stadium watching a game. Okay. Like I've been outside of Wrigley Field. Okay. So uh, they've got the buildings all around the stadium have bleachers on the top of the buildings nice so you can buy tickets out there and they've got huge banners that say you know if you want tickets here call this number or whatever oh cool but the, but the buildings obviously are so high that they can just look down in the right in the stadium right so uh it's, so that's exciting i'm glad the kids are going to go to that uh the question is um how do you keep your teenagers engaged in their faith so my question was, you mean my own or other people's? <laughs> no prophet is without honor except in his own home. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> my, my kids. So this has happened more than once. Uh, my, 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 especially my teenage uh, young ladies in, in my family. Mm-hmm. I'm dad. Yeah. Right? I'm not. I'm not anything but dad and dad is boring and they have heard dad's spiel yeah. about faith and God like a hundred million times. Yeah. To, to them, it's just like, Oh, there's dad talking about it again. Yep. What I appreciate in engaging my kids in faith is when it's their friends that come and oh, say to them, sure. Like this just happened just a couple days ago. It happens not often, but it happens just at the right amount of time where my kids are so sick of me and so <laughs> over me. And then one of their friends will come and say something like, you know, I heard your dad preach. Yeah. That's really cool. What's it like? Your dad's like the yeah. coolest guy. And suddenly they look at me with new eyes for like a day. Yeah. And and that happened where um, one of their friends who who goes to church here too, um, and a bunch of friends that don't go to church here, uh, met up in a, in a social function, uh-huh. you know, the graduation just happened, all this stuff. So, you know, they're all seniors and they're, they're hanging out and doing bonfires and stuff like that. Sure. And I became a topic of conversation <laughs> at a bonfire. You love that? I was like, really? <laughs> and it was said to my daughter that I am the coolest or something nice. along those lines. And I'm like, yeah. Sweet. And then Addie and and some of her friends uh, raised the bar in some people's eyes and probably lowered it in others. <laughs> because uh, Addie's response was, you think that's cool? My dad 
uh, is also like a black belt in two different martial arts. Yeah. And her friend speaks up and she's like, that's true. When we go to pick her up for soccer, he's out there in the garage, like <laughs> punching stuff and kicking stuff. So that raised my bar just a little bit. And then Addie <laughs> goes, and that's nothing. You should see his lightsaber. <laughs> and I'm like, that's when he just cratered, yeah. cratered any cool factor that I may have had there for a minute. Yeah. No, when you're ahead. Addie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or maybe she knew she was ahead and needed well, to figure it out. Well, and I will tell you this, that with my own kids, uh -huh. sharing faith with them is a bit more difficult, but when it comes from their friends, that hits them a different way. But you, Mr. Ryan Janke, have had a profound impact on the faith of both of my kids because you went and served with them uh -huh. on mission trips, and both of them have said that you're like you're you're the you're the cat's meow. You're the the bee's knees. <laughs> well, that's that's nice to hear. I wish, uh, you know, and and we're going to get into this question a little bit later. But I wish I believed that. Well, right, right, right. And, and here's the thing is, is it's not about the cool factor of you and me. It's what those kids were expressing to my daughter was really, they were, they were pointing to faith. Yeah. And the things that, that they've heard me say uh -huh. and how I relate to them. I don't relate to them as, you know, you and I have authority as, as adults and that's important. Uh, and working in ministry, you have to have a bit of that boundary too. Uh -huh. But at the same time, we're, relatable yeah and and try to be examples of the faith that that's where that becomes contagious to not just teenagers but but anybody i yeah. think uh so that's that's how i think you engage teenagers you don't try to be the coolest person around you just try to be your authentic self yeah and part of that is pointing to jesus that you yeah you hit on you hit on the major the major point is be yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't you can't try to be. You can't. We're we're both the same age, right? Mm -hmm. We're both for, you're we're forty five. We're forty <clears throat> some. Yeah. Yes. We're forty five. Yes. Right. We're not. We're not fifteen. Right. We're not sixteen. I can't pull off the skinny jeans. Right. Uh. <laughs> and so we we have to be who we are, and whoever that is kids pick up on that fast right. and and they know okay this guy's full of it right uh, he's he, this 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 isn't this isn't who you are and if it is who you are you're scaring me go away that's right i want nothing to do with whatever this is uh, right yeah. yeah exactly and so like for me um it, it is it is what it is right i'm i told jen this uh, after we came back from our, our first mission trip. And I hope she doesn't mind me telling this story. Mm -hmm. So we went to uh, Duluth on mm -hmm. the first mission trip that, that Jen and I, the, the first that one that, did that we did together, when, yep. her first on staff. I had been on mission trips before. That was the first one with my daughter too, who got to see you guys in action. With Reese, mm -hmm. yeah. And so it was a middle school trip. And we went on that trip and um, we came back and after all the kids had left, we had sent everybody on their way. Uh, I was getting ready to leave and I looked at Jen and I was like, Jen needs a pep talk. Mm -hmm. And so I went to Jen and this ties into, I'm, I'm getting somewhere with this. I went to Jen and I said, Jen, 
give it till the the senior high trip. Trust me on this. Mm -hmm. I said, middle schoolers are like me. (laughs) Or I'm like middle schoolers. I can do enough to stay engaged. I can have fun. I can be a nut bar. Mm -hmm. And I can go just deep enough to relate with middle schoolers. Mm -hmm. Jen, I knew when we went on that high school trip, I can't take it that deep. You know what I mean? Right. That's where, where her wheelhouse is. And, and so what I'm trying to say is I'm not going to fake it and be this deep theological brain, mm-hmm. right? Because I know that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. I, I, can, I can have conversations. I can, I can talk to people. I can share my faith with them. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie and say, I got all these answers and I know everything and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and with, with Jen, she can take it deeper, you know, she can have those deeper conversations and that's where, you know, she's in the, in, she's doing high school ministry. She can take that or the college ministry and have those conversations. And if I tried to do that, they would see right through that. Right. And it, it wouldn't mean anything. It wouldn't be, this guy's faking it. And I can tell he's faking it. Right. You know? I think that uh, you, you hit on something also, too, is, is um, be honest about what you actually know. Yeah. Right? So I think one thing that people have a problem with, especially um, youth, when dealing with adults, that are believers is is one phrase, and this is one phrase that I don't ever like to get into because I think it it's it's making too much of an assumption on my part. When tough times happen, and you say to them, "Hey, it's all part of God's plan." Oh, sure. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, great plan. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I think that it's important as adults to understand that some of the best words you can say to kids on some of the big stuff is not that you have all the answers, but to genuinely say, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. what I mean, because that then makes God bigger than you. Yeah. And God has to be bigger than you and more mysterious than you. Otherwise, what's the point right. for a, a teenager, right? Yeah. Um, I know a lot. I've studied a lot. And I will give all kinds of deep theological insights and my opinion on things. But sometimes you just got to go, that's above my pay grade. Yeah. And I don't know. Right. But here's what I do know. You know, and, and what I always go back to is, what do I know about God? I know Jesus. And that's where you're really going to find a connection with God. And that comes less through saying it than doing it. Yep. And just caring about them. Yeah. Uh, being interested in them. That's what I mean. Like with your own kids, it's a bit more difficult because they know you in a different role. Yeah. But in that role, hopefully your faith shines as well. Yeah. I mean, gosh, my, my parents, um, great parents, mm-hmm. uh, but neither one of them was like an ordained minister or worked at a church. Right. But they loved the Lord and they took us to church and that was a big part of our life. Yeah. Right. So. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, another thing is, um, and you, you said this too, uh, well, you said two things. One is showing showing stuff and um you know i i like i like the service i like to do that i like to go on the mission trips and do the stuff and have fun doing it mm-hmm. you know um but it it's also um 
caring about them and right. taking the time to, hey, how are you doing? Right. How how are things going? And and not just taking you know an interest interest in them. Right. Uh, like seeing them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I tell this story about um, the first mission trip that I went on. I've probably told it on here before, but I guess I'll tell it again because I can never remember what I've told here before. Or not. Well, we're old. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> so there was, a, he was a boy at the time. Uh, I think he was going into ninth grade. Pretty sure he was going into ninth grade on that trip to Chicago that I went on when we went to the Cubs game. That was 2015. So he's, you know, an adult now. Um but we went on that mission trip uh, when he was going into ninth grade, and um, you know he he was all over the place. He was uh, a hellion, you know. Um, but I engaged with him, talked mm-hmm. to him, like, hey, you know, uh, learned learned about him. Where do you go to school? What do you what do you like to do? Well, he's went to Davies, loves playing baseball, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. All I did when I saw him on Sundays after that was, "Hey man, how's it going? How's are you playing? You playing baseball? What you know? What's going on? You know how are things going?" And next Sunday, "Hey man, how's it going? You right. you playing baseball? Or you know if it's the off season now, like you yeah. know what do you got going on? You know when do you start baseball? Whatever." And just every time I saw him, and it wasn't every Sunday. Maybe sometimes it was months in between. But every yep. time I saw, "Hey man, how's it going?" Yep, and um. I probably still have the 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 Facebook message, and I'm not going to look it up or read it because it I I uh, my allergies kick in. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, I always get dust in my eye at those those times. Yep. But um, f- about four years later, I got a a message from a lady. I recognize that name. We're not Facebook friends, so you know you, if you're not Facebook friends in your settings, you have to accept it so you can read it. So I go into it. And it's this boy's mom. Huh. And she said, he really wants to invite you to his graduation party. You've had such a wonderful, such a wow. wonderful, you made such a wonderful impression on him. And he just thinks the world of you. And I'm like, all I did was say hi to the kid. Right. You know, but that's, if you want to engage with kids and, and when they're your own, you, we've, we just talked about this. They, your dad, you're, you're paid to love them, you know, like, and that's not As true. As a parent, you will always sound like the law. Right. We're going to church. Yeah. Well, Get up. Or you have to say that you're my dad, you know, right. which isn't true. Right. But, but if you, you know, you, that's it. Like. Take the time. Stephen King wrote in in uh, one of his memoir or his maybe his only memoir called On Writing. They asked him, "How do you write your secondary character so well? Like all your secondary characters are so well developed. Like how do you do that?" And he said, "Think about regular people. Mm-hmm. I've got a main character, but if I want to make this bit part character real." His life doesn't revolve around that main character. Right. His life revolves around himself. He's just happened to be in this story. Right. Like, and and I'm not saying that kids' lives revolve around themselves. What I'm saying is they've got their own things going on. They've mm-hmm. got their they're a, uh, their own person yep. that has their own things, and different kids are coming from different situations and going through stuff, especially now. And... All it takes is a, hey, man, how you doing? 
Yeah, it, it really is kind of a... I, I will make the statement that you don't. I think that everyone, to some degree, is turned in on themselves. Yeah. And it's almost like a wake-up call to have someone outside of yourself take an interest and say, hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. And even more so for, for teenagers, because it starts in middle school, you know, they have hormones pumping through their entire body. There's all kinds of changes going on. Their brain is not completely developed until the age of 20, like physically is still growing. Right. And they're so desperately wanting to be noticed and at the same time, not noticed at all. Like, like, you know, if anyone even just looks at me twice and, and (laughs) chuckles in, in my, at my expense, I'm going to, I'm going to die of a heart, you know, but so desperately want to to be known and validated and loved, right? Yep. yep. Um, so yeah, no, they're totally turned in on themselves. Yeah. I will gladly say that, yeah. uh, having been one and having had them in my life, and it, we all got a touch of that. We spend mm. our entire lives wanting those same things. We just become better at um, uh, managing it. Sure by just the busyness of becoming an adult. Yeah. As a as a child, as a, even as a teenager, you're you're completely turned in on yourself and everyone else is taking care of your basic needs. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> I was talking to uh <laughs> I got this from from Pastor Mark and and I hopefully doesn't mind me saying it. My daughter Addie just turned 18. Yep. She just graduated high school, going to college. Super excited for her. <laughs> she had said, well, now that I'm 18, um, <laughs> do I, you know, do I have a curfew still? And I'm like, of course you have a curfew. I, d- am I still paying for your car? <laughs> um, am I still paying for your phone? Am, am, am I still paying for the roof over your head? Yeah. Well, then there's rules. <laughs> but Pastor Mark said something that I just absolutely loved. And he's, <laughs> so I used it and I'll use it from, these are his words to his son. Uh-huh. Okay. On her 18th birthday, I said to her, Addie, I changed my mind. Now that you're 18, you don't have a curfew, but your car does. (laughs) Your car has to be in the garage by like 11 o'clock every night because the car is old. Cars only live for 10 years. Yours is already seven. That means it's like 70 in human years. It needs its sleep. (laughs) That's great. I'll put that one in the memory bank because I'm not that far away from an 18-year-old. Oh, no, no. It's, uh, it, man, time flies. That's funny. Yeah. So. What was the original question? <laughs> uh, how do you keep your kids engaged? And like I said, I don't know if it was um, our kids or just kids in general. Yeah. But I think. Um, treat them like a person. Yeah. Yeah. Treat them like a person. And like I said, be who you are. And, um, you know, don't, don't be phony. They can see through that. And all you got to do is point to Jesus. Like, like, like John the Baptist, we're not Jesus. We don't have all the answers. We just got to point to him. Yeah. That's it. And be an example. Like, and that's why I loved going on the mission trips and, and I'm going to miss it bad. And thankfully, um, I won't have to be here to drop any any kids off <laughs> to go because I'd probably they'd probably get to wherever they take their first break and find me in the back. But um, I always just thought, you know, lead by example. Just, yep. you know, 
do service, do the stuff, and the rest hopefully will follow. I agree. Know? And so, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's the, that's the correct answer after we talked about this for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Just fast forward to the end. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them now to fast forward to the end. Uh, okay. So that was one. The other one is, um, how do you answer the hard questions people ask you about faith? So I don't know. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how I answer. I don't know. Jesus. That's funny. So um, I, I said this earlier, uh, and I said I, I will get to that later. When you, when you talked about um, your kids saying that I had such a huge impact on their faith, mm-hmm. and I said, I wish I believed that. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't believe them. I wish I believed it mm-hmm. about myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, um, that's a really hard thing. And so here's a really, a really hard question. Like, um, I, I think I've taken Jesus as my savior. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I believe he rose from the grave. Mm-hmm. Do I really believe it though? You know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So how do you how do you answer that? Like DJ, yeah. Like I don't know what the number is, but uh, I'm gonna die, and yep. I'm gonna lay there going bad word. Yeah. Do I really? Do I really believe? I think I believe this. Yeah. I want to believe this. Yep. Do I believe it? So. Here's the here's the the truth the truth and I'm going to use this the proper term this is the god awful truth awful as it's properly understood remember we goofed up the english language and we made some of awe greater than full of awe okay awful became terrible and awesome became amazing yeah right uh, the god awful truth is that we are sinners mm-hmm. that are easily persuaded by the narrative of voices outside of ourselves that seek to determine who we are. Okay. Okay. That's why companies spend millions of dollars on marketing. Yeah. To tell you who you should be. Sure. And here's two voices that are moving and are constantly there. It's our inner own voice and it's the whisperings of the evil one saying, did you really, Mm -hmm. do you really believe in Jesus? Did you really accept him as your savior? Have you done enough to be saved? Those are all lies of the devil that are tied to being sinners because it's the original sin of Adam and Eve. It's wanting to be our own gods. And remember the temptation of the serpent in the garden was, did God really say? Yeah. Right? Yep. So here you have this lying voice that's accusing you. Mm-hmm. And if your faith, because that's the word you used before, did I, do, I, do I have enough faith? If your faith rests in your faith, mm-hmm. you're doomed. In other words, if your faith rests in your own ability to believe in Jesus, to muster up some faith, yeah. you'll never have enough. Okay. 
because you're thinking of faith as a feeling uh-huh. or a an, an assurance, you know, blessed assurance. <laughs> That's not from inside of you. That comes outside of you from a louder voice than the devil's voice that is calling you something. Uh-huh. It's interpreting you. It's it's declaring you righteous on account of Jesus. And so that voice is from the scriptures. It's promises like Jesus on the cross saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Or uh, I have called you by name, Ryan. You are mine. Yeah. Hear how those promises, because you, because if the temptation is, have I done enough? The devil's going to try to drive you either to pride or despair. Have you done enough? Of course I have. I'm wonderful. Yeah. It's all about me uh-huh. or to drive you to despair. No, I'm a sinner. What I can't do enough. There right. the voice comes outside of you saying, I died for you. Mm-hmm. Your sins are forgiven. I have called you by name. Or, or another promise. This is a great one. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Or, or what uh, my father has given uh, my own to me. They hear my voice and they listen to me. No one will snatch them out of my hand. These are all gospel promises on which our faith is to rely. And then we're given two physical gospel promises that happen to you. Baptism happened to Ryan Janke. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the promise of baptism is um, uh, baptism saves you because it creates in you a new conscience that trusts in Jesus as your Savior. And so it's not about, about quantity of faith. Mm-hmm. It's about quality of faith. Does your faith rest on Jesus and Jesus alone and his words rather than in your own words. Yeah. You see the difference? I do. Yeah. Faith in your faith is a fool's errand. It's a lie of the devil. It's it's like uh what do they they call those things? A, a continuing loop. Mhm. Faith in your faith and it never satisfies cuz it's like didn't are you sure you did? Like I remember accepting Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior when I was in middle school. Okay? Now Jesus had already accepted me in my baptism. Yeah. I'd known Jesus my entire life because hearing his word were words that I believed in, but someone convinced me that unless I do it the right way, then I'm not saved. Okay. Unless I choose it the right way. Yeah. Then I'm not saved. People, people will say that with the best of intentions, Mm -hmm. not understanding that what they're actually doing is, is putting a, a, a temptation in there that the sinner will try to grab a hold of to justify ourselves based on what we do. Okay. I accepted Jesus. I, I I took care of that project. Now on to bigger and better things. Sure. It's never going to satisfy because I accepted Jesus. Week later, felt like a sinner. Yeah. Teenage boy in middle school. You ever ride the middle school bus, people? You hear all kinds of words. Ooh, yeah. Uh, it's a rough time. It is. If from yeah, it is a rough time. <laughs> and if you're if you're a person with a guilty conscience, uh, middle school can be very tough. Yeah. Because you're completely broken. Yeah. nothing you nothing your body is betraying you (laughs) (laughs) yeah your voice is squeaking you're sweating constantly you're uncomfortable around everyone you're uncomfortable in your own skin yeah uh you know you're you're having natural thoughts of rebellion against parents and and desire for those that you find attractive and and all those things which is part of adolescence and, and growing up and then if you put on top of that the pressure of confirmation (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> if we decide to drive a, drop a Bible on your head in the midst of all that mess, what we really should be doing is just pastoral care with all those kids. <laughs> but uh, my point being is that, is that when I was that age and all those things were happening, I accepted Jesus and I felt great mm-hmm. for a week. And yeah. then a week later, didn't feel so great. Didn't yeah. feel so saved. Felt like a sinner. Yeah. The only thing that truly gives blessed assurance is that word outside of yourself. So what should you do when the devil's lying at you saying, have you done enough? Do you believe enough? Have you done it? You go and find yourself a real preacher mm-hmm. rather than the preaching of the devil. You find Jesus in his word. You find a Christian brother or sister that can give you the promises of Christ. Just hand them over, give you the goods, as my teacher would say. <laughs> And just say, you are forgiven in Jesus Christ. You cling to Christ with all your might. He is your savior. You hold on to him and let your faith rely on him. Because your God will be what you rely on in times of trouble and who you give praise to in the good times. That's your God. So that's important for all of us to think about. What you rely on when times get tough. Do you fold your hands and turn to Jesus or do you turn to something else. Yeah. That's who you're seeking relief from. Whoever you rely on in tough times, Hmm. whoever you praise in good times. Yeah. If you praise yourself, (laughs) well, you're worshiping the almighty eye. Yeah. If you're giving thanks to God for all the blessings you've gotten, well then you're, you're rightly aligned as, as the scriptures speak about justification. That's what justification means to be justified. Like, like, I don't know if they do it anymore, but you're, you're a, you're a print man. You know how this works. <laughs> you're a reporter justifying the margins. Yeah. That means rightly aligned. Uh huh. Right. Yep. Um, that's what you are to be justified in the Bible. You're rightly aligned with God. Okay. So it's a way to think about it. If, if justify, justification or justify is a hard word for you, well, how do we use justify? In printers, you'd, you'd justify the margins. Yeah. Yep. So. So the, so the answer then to the, the question that Sarah had was, you point to Jesus. What was the question again? <laughs> how do you answer the hard questions people ask you about faith? Grab onto Jesus and don't let go. Yeah. That's just, just go to Jesus. Yeah. When people ask hard questions of faith, what they're asking, and you can pick any of them, um, you know, the ones you're talking about earlier about like, "Ah, nothing's real in the Bible. It's all make-believe stories. And you find this archaeological dig. Well, okay. Well, that that shows that that, but that doesn't prove that there's God. The skeptic will always find a reason to doubt. Yep. Well, you're not going to satisfy them by answering all of their questions about God and his hidden will. The things that we don't know. Right. What's going to satisfy is truly knowing God's revealed heart, and that's only in Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, point to Jesus. Yeah. And don't be afraid to be a witness and to have someone say, I'm not interested in that. Because the sinner is not running from you. The sinner is running from God. Mm-hmm. And God's going to send a lot of witnesses to that sinner because God will not be satisfied until God can be merciful to that sinner. And it may take many witnesses of many saints, many believers to change someone's heart. And none of us are going to know the impact that we've made on other people in most cases until we're in heaven. Yeah. (laughs) 
and find out, you know, as at, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant. Yeah. And, and then we will know all things, but until then we're going to be rejected. Yeah. And you know, the apostles and, and the witness of the saints in scripture is pretty clear on, on you just keep witnessing. Yeah. You don't stop being a follower of Jesus just because not everyone's going to see what you see. Right. And that's interesting, too, because that goes back to the story that I had earlier about the the guy who I met when he was going into ninth grade. Yeah. All those years later, I had no idea. Right. You don't know the impact that you have on people. Especially Uh, at those age. A a lot of times, never. You've... Uh, you told this, the story before about the, the two of the guys that you had in confirmation that yeah. years later sent you letters from overseas. I mean, you, you in have, war. Yeah. Yeah. You have no idea. Nope. And especially, especially, like I said, that middle age age, everyone's staring at their own belly button. Yeah. No one is worried about anyone else. Everyone is always worried about what everyone else thinks of them. Yeah. And even the ones that are the bullies, the ones that have the sharpest tongues in middle school, are terrified that someone is going to notice them in a way that makes them feel less than. Mm-hmm. So they're following the old idiom, do unto others before they do unto me. <laughs> before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced of that. With that's, every bully, that's what's yeah. going on. Yeah. That's, that's, you're probably not wrong. Or, or and often, in bu- and, and with children... Often, I think, I shouldn't say often, but I think with bullies, they themselves are, are victims of bullying maybe from an adult mm-hmm. or someone outside where they are then projecting onto their their uh, classmates um, mainly to, as, as like a defense mechanism so that no one sees how much they're, how much they're going through. Yeah, right. There's a lot going on in middle school. It's a oh, it's man. a it's a jungle. Um, you have one that will be going into middle school in what a couple years? Got a couple more years. A couple more years, and then into. I have one that just started high school today. <sighs> summer. Wow. Sc- yep. Ninth grade uh, summer school started today for Haley. Rock on. So. One of our, our seniors in the Fargo-Moorhead area who, who keeps this place ship-shape just, just uh, rolled on by. A senior or a, a former senior? Just finished his junior year. Oh, I didn't see who it was. Yeah. You, you, uh, you keep talking. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> I think he's going to go find out. 